0: Right now, the statistics are one in seven head pastors, one in four youth pastors, around 70% of men and around 30% of women are struggling with a porn addiction in the church. And that those are sorts of numbers where it's like, then why aren't we talking about it? Why aren't we making the connection of how this directly ties to human trafficking and how can we motivate And encourage people to say, to admit, like, I'm struggling with this. Because that's always the hardest step is just being able to say, like, I'm struggling. But if we make it that way, there's not so much shame surrounding it. More people are going to be able to start finding freedom.
1: That's Deidre Haupt. And you're listening to a special episode of Sister Grow Your Business. This is our ministry focus episode and I'm, I'm really, really honored that you're here, and I know that you're 100% going to love this interview and this episode. I think it's very important that as we start and grow our businesses, that we know why we're doing this. And I often talk about this, the impact and the income. Of course, we want to make an impact on our clients. Of course, we want to make an impact in our community and for our family. But I really believe that you can make an impact in your business or with your business throughout the world. Your business can impact the world. And then when we talk about income, of course, we want income to be able to pay our Kajabi bill. We want income to be able to pay for our internet. We want income to be able to pay for our team or send our kids to a private school or be able to make our car payment. Like we want income for that. And we also want to grow that income so that we can give back and so that income can help to spread God's kingdom the truth of the gospel around the world. And so that's why I'm so excited to talk with Deidre today. I got to meet Deidre back in 2018 when I was, um, we were there about 10 days or so. So it just, it felt felt like about two weeks um, in Berlin, Germany. So uh, myself and one of my pastors and a couple of friends from my church, we went on this 10, 11 day trip to Berlin, Germany, didn't know what to expect but what we saw kind of shocked us. It, it really rocked my world to see Berlin, this, this metropolitan city, this absolutely incredible, beautiful city, incredible gardens and art and history and culture and food and music. Like Berlin is amazing. And then it's also so Dark and Deidre, my guest today, took us to some of the darkest places in berlin, and yes we 're talking about the brothels the the these areas of Berlin. Where women are in forced prostitution, sex trafficking is real in Berlin. It's legal in Berlin, and it's real in Berlin. And you'll hear this in the interview. Um, but there's about 900 churches in Berlin, and there's about 900 brothels in Berlin. Think about that in your in your local area, right? I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. There's like a church on every street corner. There's not a brothel on on every street corner, but in but in Berlin. Same amount of churches that there are brothels, and so you might be saying, Brian, why are you doing an episode on this? I thought this is all about growing my business. Well, I want you to have a bigger vision for your business, especially if you're struggling with charging. I think it's so important that you charge high. I say price high and justify that that you need to charge not twenty seven dollars for your coaching call, but ninety seven dollars for your coaching call. Because then you know, what? keep the twenty seven and then take the seventy extra and send it over to Berlin and see the work that that could do, right? How can you raise your rates? How can you raise your prices? How can you take this worldly wealth and convert it into kingdom stewardship? It's so possible. And I know that you're gonna get so encouraged by this conversation uh, that I have with Deidre today. If you wanna share the video version of this episode or go check it out and also get involved in the amazing work that is doing over in Berlin, just go to my website, briandixon.com slash I set up a custom page, I don't do it for every episode, but for this special episode, I set up a custom page, briandixon.com slash Berlin, you can learn more about Deidre and the work that she's doing, and of course, contribute. What if you set a goal that 1% of your sales this year are going to go to helping to end sex trafficking in Berlin or around the world? What would that look like? How much confidence would you have to send that extra sales email offering your coaching or offering your online course when you know where that money's going? That's the challenge I have for you today on Sister Grow Your Business. So let's dive into the episode. Well, I'd love to hear from you. Like, tell me what's going on in Berlin. Um, I, I mean, it was such an honor to, to see it in person a few years ago, but I'd, I'd love to hear the update and 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 how things have been in the last few years for you
0: yeah so uh as i told you about when you were in berlin um in berlin prostitution and brothels are legal yeah that creates a wide open back door for women to be brought in and have it look like it's legal i've been continuing to serve alongside of the the ministries there that i was previously working with so the drop-in center where um right on the main road where prostitution happens women can come in and get a free cup of coffee and some food and build relationship with them Um, I've also been helping out with an outreach team that does street outreach. Um, So I'm part of their prayer team um, and they do street outreach and talk with the women who their pimps tell them that they're not allowed to come into the drop in center. And that actually has a really cool story that back in December on one of the days where I was on the prayer team, you know, we were praying and then the day ended. And the next day, the frontline team who they were interacting with the women actually contacted us like through the chat group and they were like, Hey, we just want to let you know that three women gave their lives to Christ last night. And it was just like, wow, that is incredible. That like, God is moving. Things are happening. Um, So that was really encouraging. And then one of the other ministries I've been partnering alongside with is um, it's a new one and it's a brothel outreach ministry. And so twice a month, they go into different brothels and um, work on building relationships with the women there. Um, it's Amazing. been an honor to get to to serve alongside of these ministries and just see how, how the Lord is working and be connected with the women as well, Um, because on the kind of the other side of what I'm doing. So I have efforts that are working with the women. And then on the other side of that is working with the churches in Berlin that up until this point, churches are kind of sort of aware of the issue, but they're not really sure what they can do. And they either turn a blind eye to it, or they just don't have the manpower and resources to do anything about it. And so where my heart is and what I feel like the Lord has led me to is coming alongside of of these churches um, and helping giving them a bigger picture for what it looks like to be involved in anti-trafficking, that um, there's prevention, intervention, aftercare, and curbing the demand. And there's so many different ways to be involved in those. Kind of what that looks like is building a relationship with leadership of a church and getting to know the pastor and then just sitting down and having a conversation and asking, where is your heart for your church? If resources were unlimited, what would you be doing? Where do you see this church in 10 years? And seeing where their answers line up with what I'm passionate about and being able to have that connection because every church is capable of teaching the people in their congregation to to be aware of their neighbor, to see who are the vulnerable and at-risk people who are just in my everyday life who I pass on the street, you know, who's the kid that... Comes home to an empty house, who's the single mother who's struggling to provide for her family? And how do we speak life and love into their lives and be the hands and feet of Jesus for them? Because that's going to prevent them from ending up in a trafficking situation. And every church is also capable of healing that we all have sins and issues that we're dealing with. We all have uh, points of, 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 um, sorry, it's only coming to me in German right now, Baustelle, like construction work in our lives. Like Amazing. this idea, we all have things that we're working on. And when we're able to be transformational ourselves and we're able to really experience Jesus transform our lives and feel that we are unconditionally loved and that he is there for us, that creates a whole different environment and atmosphere within the church that then when a broken person, when someone who has been traumatized comes into the church and they're feeling like, I'm the outcast. I'm less than. I'm dirty. I don't belong here. If they can come in and experience this sense of community, then they're going to find a place where they belong. Because one of the things that um, we noticed in the the safe house, which is a different ministry in Berlin, is the the women there after two or three months would start to idealize the street. It was the idea of I don't have any community here yeah. on the street. I had community, even though it was a bad community. And so I want to go back because I, I need people around me. We are created for community. And so um, that's something where I really feel like the Lord is saying the church needs to step into that. The church needs to be this new community. And then just something else really tangible that all churches can be doing is making it that so way conversation about pornography is not a taboo topic yep. that we can start talking about the harms and the realities because Right now, the statistics are one in seven head pastors, one in four youth pastors, around 70% of men and around 30% of women are struggling with a porn addiction in the church. And that those are sorts of numbers where it's like, then why aren't we talking about it? Why aren't we making the connection of how this directly ties to human trafficking and how can we motivate And encourage people to say to admit, like, I'm struggling with this because that's always the hardest step is just being able to say, like, I'm struggling. But if we make it that way, there's not so much shame surrounding it. Mm. More people are going to be able to start finding freedom.
1: This is amazing. I I I love talking to you. It was so like fun's not the right word. It was it was more of uh, just eye opening to actually see it in person. I, I remember when I was when I was in Berlin. What was that? I think it was 2018. Like being able to walk the street and see the different places you're talking about the safe house and, and see where the women are picked up and then they come back later. And it just, you're just like, this is real. Like it's, I think it's so powerful to to see it. Tell us a little bit more about you. Like how did, how did you first get involved in this? How did God first stir your heart to get involved in something as kind of muddy and messy as sex trafficking in Berlin, Germany. Like how did that happen? Yeah. Um, So
0: all of this started for me when I was in university. Um, I was at church on a Sunday um, listening to the sermon. The pastor is giving a sermon illustration. And he starts telling this story of a child who's working in a sweatshop in a third world country. And on this particular day, the child wasn't working hard enough, according to the slave driver. So the slave driver took a whip and hit the child, leaving a huge gash on the child's face. And rather than having this child stop working or bleed on the textiles, instead, the slave driver took a lighter and burned the wound shut. And what I felt like Lord said to me right in that moment was, how do you know the shirt you're wearing right now wasn't made by that boy? And so that started me on this long process of learning a lot more about what is, what is labor trafficking and overarching human trafficking? And from that discovering the realities of sex trafficking and really became passionate about that. And then my senior year of university had the opportunity to serve with a ministry in my university town that reaches out to women in prostitution and does service with them. And, um, I just absolutely fell in love with that ministry. It was so wonderful The that, you know, I didn't feel like I was ever doing anything very special. I was just being myself, Mm -hmm. but the women were always giving feedback of how encouraging it was to get to spend time with me and that they really were so inspired by seeing a young adult with their life together. Um, And so that was something where I really felt like the Lord was affirming me and saying, yes, this is what you're supposed to be doing, but you're supposed to do it overseas. And Mm -hmm. so I'm like, okay, okay sure, I can do that. (laughs) And so I start looking for opportunities, thinking that I'm going to end up in Africa or Thailand. And uh, God opened up the opportunity to be in Berlin, Germany. And at first I was very confused by that because I was like, yeah, I know this issue exists over the entire world, but is the need really so great there? And then once getting there, it was very apparent. Yes, the need there is great, but um, there are approximately 700 brothels in Berlin, which is equivalent to the number of churches that are in Berlin. Wow.
1: That's that's incredible. And then, and then the process of you feeling called to going to Berlin and, and seeing it for yourself, like what was the adjustment? Like, did you, did you know German already? Like, tell us about that.
0: Yeah. uh, So I, I graduated university and then three months later landed in Berlin. Um, I did not know any German (laughs) and um, yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful that I'm, I'm with a team. And Mm -hmm. so I landed into a team environment and they helped me, you know, getting set up in a language class. Um, and so the first year that I was there, I was in intensive language classes. Um, and then, uh, yeah, they gave some support and encouragement for how to go about finding a new church home. Um, and then made that connection with the different ministries that, our team partners within the cities for me to start introducing myself to them and start working alongside of these ministries. And yeah, the, the transition at first was hard. Um, it's all exciting because you're like, I'm in this new environment and it's exciting and great. Um, but (laughs) you know, then it's, you know, you're struggling with language learning and only being able to communicate like a toddler (laughs) and uh, getting frustrated with tripping over your own words. And then, um, yeah, just starting to see just how dark the city is, you know, it's, it's a beautiful city with wonderful things, um, and so much history, but there is definitely a spiritual war happening there that is very oppressive.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and I, I got to experience that. I mean, it's just, it's just amazing. We would go for days without, without anyone smiling at us, <laughs> you know, just that alone, It's just, there's that stoicism of uh, the, the, the German stoicism, but also like there is Berlin specifically. I love it. It's a beautiful city, but also like people are really hurting and very closed, closed off. So I think it's, it's an absolutely like incredible opportunity. So Deidre, the, the women that are, are in sex trafficking, right. That are being trafficked. Like, are they Germans? Are they coming from Berlin? Like where, where are they from? What, what's, what's been your experience?
0: Yeah, so most of the women that we're working with are from Eastern European countries, so specifically Romania, Bulgaria, and Hungary. And the ways that they end up in Berlin um, are varied, but there's two main models that we see. One is lack of choice, and the other is coercion. So, lack of choice is um, in these Eastern European countries where poverty is still a very real issue. Um, Women who have a sick mother who's getting cancer treatments and they need to help pay for their mother's treatments. They can't get a job in their home country that makes enough money. So then they make the choice to move to Berlin in order to sell themselves to be able to support their mother um, or their children or whatever is going on in their lives. Um, and the way, the reason why we still say that this is an element uh, of um, forced prostitution and trafficking is that it is lack of choice. It's because they don't have better options available to them. Um, the other model that we see quite frequently is is what's called the lover boy model. And that's where women who are growing up in, in these Eastern European um, countries, a lot of times, even though they still have parents who are alive, they're put into orphanages, into homes. Um, And so they grow up without hearing that they're loved, that someone cares about them, that they feel unseen and unworthy. And so uh, once they start hitting puberty and a guy comes into their life, and this is someone who has, who other traffickers and pimps have groomed to teach this boy how to do this. But he starts saying all these things of how pretty she is and how special she is and that, oh, I love you so much. And you know what? I want to get married to you. Let's run away to Berlin and get married. And so then they get to Berlin. And once they get there, it's, well, actually I have this big debt I need to pay off. So why don't you work on the street? And then once we get the debt paid off, then we'll get married. And so then she, because she's so so in love with him and thinks that this is the start to a new life because she's been so depraved of love. She's willing to do whatever he asks. And so that's how she ends up there. And even when he has other girlfriends or he beats her or he treats her poorly, it's still, no, no, no. He loves me. He's not always like this because it's such a psychological warfare sort of situation.
1: Oh my goodness. That's so evil. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had no idea. And so, so then in working and working with these women and, and bringing them to the the safe house and even just giving them coffee and getting to know them and building community, like you've, you've seen women leave that, that life.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's definitely a long process because yeah. they, they are dealing with this struggle of, I, I desperately want to believe that he loves me And so it's a very slow process for us to be able to just start to build that trust with them and to start to be able to show them like, we love you and we care about you as well. And we want what's best for you. And so once that trust is built up, then those conversations can start happening. And we have seen women um, that say like, yeah, he's terrible to me and I want out. I I want a new life. What do I need to do?
1: It's incredible. And I I think sometimes when we think about missionaries from our, from our American perspective, we think about a quick fix, right? We think go down to Mexico and you build an orphanage and it's done. And what I love about your ministry in Berlin, having, having seen it firsthand is, is it really is about that long, that long-term relationship. But what I, what I also want us all to remember is God's still working on us. Right, like, like we we are not fixed overnight either, and so, so I think the expectation of like, of course, it's going to take a long time. It's taking a lifetime for her to get in. It might take her a lifetime to get out. And 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 you just being the hands and feet of Jesus, being part of that of that process, is one hundred percent why we need to get behind you, encourage you, support you in in many ways, so that this work can continue.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is one of those things that it is It is no quick fix. The issues are systemic and deep, and it's It's going to take a large cry from the community for anything to start to change. And I think that that's why it's so important that the local church is involved, that the, the people who are believers and who say this is wrong really start getting actively involved in saying, we don't want this to be the normal anymore.
1: What do you do for fun? Like this you you can't spend your entire day pouring out, right? So what like how do you get poured into? What what do you like about uh living in Berlin as a as a full-time missionary?
0: Yeah. Um so Berlin before the pandemic, yeah. Like anything and everything you ever could want to do exists in Berlin. Mm-hmm. And so there's just limitless opportunities. Um and so, you know, just going out and exploring new cafes and restaurants and getting to see the city from kind of the, the food culture point of view was always really fun. Um, I also really enjoy bouldering and rock climbing. And so like I have a, a couple of friends that will go um, bouldering together about once a week. Um, and I also have a dog now. And so that's been a really exciting new element. Also, it's a very dog friendly like, city. It is such a dog friendly city and yeah. all the dogs are so well-trained. So as my dog is still like acting out and being a puppy, there's <laughs> times where I feel so embarrassed of like, Oh, you should be better behaved than this. <laughs> but yeah, it's been really fun getting to like meet new people um that are part of like that dog community because mm-hmm. there is such a big dog community there. And yeah. And then, um, like I said, I have a church home there mm-hmm. and, uh, regularly attend there and, um, have some friendships through, through the church. And so that, that process of, you know, um, one of the things I want to make sure I'm always focused on is this idea of having one foot in the church and one foot in the city that I'm not staying in the Christian bubble, but I'm also not getting drawn into the world. And so being able to be iron sharpening iron with friends in the church, but also going out and being the hands and feet in the city and to non-believers
1: that that alone, like that that right there i i I want my listeners to like really hear that part one one foot in the church and one foot in the city and i I think it's very easy especially for for the the ladies that I work with that are trying to grow an online business, trying to grow their Instagram following and get a book deal and all those sorts of things. I hear this all the time, Jidra. They just want to encourage moms. I'm like, great, mm-hmm. you go encourage moms. That's awesome. But also like what are you doing for for either people that aren't moms or people that are like really hurting? And really, and really struggling. So I absolutely love what you're doing. And I, I, I visited a church when I was there. It was like up on the second floor. It was like a little cafe, and then the music was amazing. Is that the church, or was maybe that was a different place that I was going to?
0: No, that was that was my church.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love that was so incredible. And actually, this is a this is a weird quirk, but my followers know this about me: is that I will listen to German worship music all day long. I'll play it on YouTube. Uh, there's there's a few different ones that I that I follow, but they play like the the English songs that we all know from Hillsong and Bethel and all that, but they do the German versions and it's just, it's so great.
0: It's so funny now that there's certain songs where I've learned it in German first, it's weird for me to hear it in English now.
1: Okay. That's so funny. <laughs> wow. So what, what would your, uh, I have a number of questions for you. One of them would be like you being in Berlin, seeing the world from through German eyes and, and especially seeing the, the 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 part of the world that you're you're involved in which is which is pretty dark right like like sex trafficking and and dealing with brothels and things like that when you come back to america what is what's that like is there is it eye-opening do you have a message for us uh you know people that are still living in america right now just from from your perspective from a bit of an outsider's perspective at this point
0: yeah um I think one of the the differences that I feel very starkly every time I travel between the two is that in America, there's already a, a Christian foundation, like, you know, just the, the even for people who aren't believers, they've at least heard of Jesus before there, there's concept and understanding of the gospel to some aspect. Um, and in Germany, that is not the case specifically in Berlin. Mm-hmm. Um, Berlin is known as the atheist capital of the world. Wow. And like people have never heard of the name of Jesus, um, have no interest at all. And so I think that that's one of the things where um, even just, especially in the South, like yeah. there was one time I was in a, a grocery store and um, yeah. And like, uh, I had to ask a, a worker for help and, you know, as we're parting after he's helped me, he's like, I'll oh, be blessed. And I was like, what? Oh, right. I'm in America now. Or going to a store and seeing like, you know, a pillow that says happy Easter and let T's a giant cross. And it's like, all right. These sorts of things just exist here, but you would never see that in Berlin.
1: Mm -hmm. Yep. I got my car washed this morning and like the lady said, have a blessed day as I went through the car wash. So that's like, and, and also in the South, that's our like little way of like checking to see if you're maybe a Christian or like, (laughs) That's evangelism for us in the South. It's like saying, "Be blessed," and they're like, "Maybe? What does she mean? Tell me more about that." Like, I don't know, but I, <laughs> I think we definitely do that here in the South. Oh my goodness! Well, Deidre, one of the one of the things that I'm so passionate about is helping helping Christian women, helping Christian entrepreneurs start and grow their business, so that so that they can make an impact and an income. And I use those terms all the time: impact and income. And often it's framed in the through the lens of we're impacting our clients, whether it's like the mom who doesn't know how to raise her teenagers and is really overwhelmed. And so she's impacting her family through the through the teaching that my client would be doing. And she's making an income because she's creating an online course or she lands a book deal or something like that. But also two things, you can make an impact with your income by supporting missionaries and by getting involved in good work that's happening around the world. So I want to ask you a little bit more about how can get people get involved financially. and then and then also, knowing that, you can um, that you can make an impact by pointing your audience to things that you care about. And that's why I wanted to have you on the show today was to say, this is something I've, I've already invested, right? We talk about time and treasure. Like those are the two most valuable things that you have. Jesus talked about those two things more than anything else, specifically treasure but investing your time and treasure in causes that matter to you. So that's why I wanted to have you on the show to say, this is something that matters to me. I have a pornography journey. I see where it leads. And so I would get choked up thinking about it, right? So knowing where it can lead, I think we have to bring it out from the darkness and look at it in the light and say, this is something that's so important. And as you said, like Satan loves to attack the head, right? Heavy is the head that wears the crown, he goes after the leaders, right? In 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 the New Testament several times, it talks about uh, be cautious to become a leader because you're held to a higher standard, but also you're gonna get more attacks too. And so it's no shock to me that one out of four youth pastors struggle with pornography, that one out of seven senior pastors struggle with pornography. Like you said, was it 70% of guys, 30% of women? Like this is a common thing that we need to talk about. So with all that being said, How can people get involved financially? But then also what might they do to help spread the word and and help you and your your the the work amazing work that you're doing help to further that as well?
0: Yeah. Um I had like eight
1: questions in there. (laughs)
0: Sorry. (laughs) I know I'm like, okay.
1: What? Um
0: so yeah, um getting involved with, um, or supporting me financially, which, um, is always unfortunately a need for missionaries. There's, um, there's seasons of, of, yeah, of, of just generous outpouring. And then there's seasons where people have to stop giving, um, for various different reasons and through COVID, um, that's definitely been, been a reality that, um, the the monthly financial support that I need in order to continue doing the work that I'm doing um, has significantly decreased. And mm-hmm. so a way that um, people can financially partner with me is by monthly giving or giving a special gift. And that can be done online. I think I'm just
1: going to do briandixon.com slash Berlin. So that'll just make it really easy. So people can see all the instructions there. Perfect. Wonderful. Yep.
0: Yeah. One way that people can get involved is um, yeah, by connecting with me. And then, um, if their church is interested in having a trip to Berlin and like, once we build a relationship and have that connection, um, and then we can talk about, yeah, just as uh, as Southbrook did having mm-hmm. a two week or a one to two week trip to Berlin to just see what, what is, what are we talking about? Like to feel the the darkness there and see that and experience it and to see, all of the amazing things that God is doing that there is beautiful work happening in church planting and refugee ministry, anti-human trafficking um, and yeah, youth outreach, just the, there is a large breadth of things that are happening. Yep. It's just, it's all still very small. And so to be able to come and specifically to come and be a learner and be willing to pray when you're there, because the that's one of the things we talk about with like a mission trip to Berlin we don't need you to come and build a yeah, building or that's right. a well. Like right. we've got skilled workers for that. Yep the the spiritual warfare that's happening there is so great. Yeah, and so to be able to come and pray into that, that makes a huge difference. Um, mm. And also, I'd like to encourage people that uh, there are ways where you can get involved locally as well. There are a ton of different um, anti-human trafficking ministries all across the country. Um, And then even just on a simpler level, just like I was talking about before, start being aware of who are your neighbors who are struggling? Where are their children that your kids are interacting with that they're kind of like the oddball out and they're not really ever welcomed in? And how can we start welcoming them in so that way they don't end up in a bad situation that in America, um, most it's, I forget the exact percentage, but it's a a very common thing that within the first 48 hours of a child running away, they will be approached by a trafficker. Wow. And so how can we prevent children from running away just by showing them that they're loved by opening our home to them. Um, And I think, you know, like another great program is like the big brothers, big sisters program Mm -hmm. to get involved in something like that, to just really start being aware of what exists around me, where are those needs and how is Jesus calling me into that? And how can I make sure that when I see someone who's really struggling, how can I meet them with love and compassion and not pass any judgment on them that might further traumatize them?
1: Yeah. That's really powerful. And then, and then I think the hardest question I'd have, I'd have for you today, not, not to get too, too far in the weeds, but one, one, one trend that I've kind of seen in, in Christianity over the last maybe five to 10 years is sort of this, this trend towards like social justice sort of thing, but without, but leaving out Jesus, social justice without Jesus is not justice. And so I love that you said that the women like found Christ. Right. And so is, I guess that's not really a question, but like, is, is that something that you're seeing as well? Like, I, I want to make sure that whenever I'm pointing people to resources, like we have to, it's not just about, um, somebody being safe in their life, but it's about mm-hmm. eternal life, right? It's about leading people to the ultimate author of truth, not just truth of the, a lowercase T, but like Catholic T, like Jesus is the author of all truth. So do do you have any comment on, on that, especially from your perspective?
0: Yeah, I, I fully agree. Like the tension there is real because it's, you're dealing with, with, with people who have experienced extreme trauma in their lives. Mm-hmm. You're, you're dealing with people who have every reason to mistrust everyone they meet. Um, and so it's, it, it is a, a, a delicate balance of how, how much am I just showing my love and compassion and letting my actions speak for my faith? And when am I starting to actually speak truth and speak into someone's life? And I think the, the thing that I always try and remember in those moments is that God is having a conversation with everyone in the world, whether they're aware of it or not. Yeah. And it is yeah. not my job to butt into that conversation and say, these are the things that need to happen. Um, but really being attuned to the Holy Spirit in me and saying, and hearing the Holy Spirit tell me, yeah, you can speak into that conversation right now. God is wanting you to say this and then doing that. And then knowing when it's time to step back out of that conversation and stepping back out. Um, and so that's kind of, as I'm engaging with women, the things that I, I try to remember, but it is really easy to also just be like, let's change your life. Let's change your life. Let's get you out of prostitution. Let's find you a new job. But, um, as I said before, for a lot of the women, they just end up relapsing and going right back in because there isn't that lasting change. And that lasting change can only come through Jesus. And so it's really being intentional of staying mindful of that and praying into that.
1: Mm. That's amazing. Well, speaking of praying, I, I normally on the show having my guests pray, but I actually want to pray for you today, if that's okay.
0: Yeah, that'd be wonderful.
1: Amazing. Okay, here we go. Dear Lord, you are so good. We love you so much, and um, it can be really overwhelming to think about our our broken worlds and and sin that you frankly allow, and uh, it can be it it can feel like it's really hopeless. And then we get to talk to people like Deidre, who are out there on the front lines, making difference for you, showing up, sacrificing so much um, to reach the lost. And it's absolutely inspiring and incredible. So first of all, Lord, we just pray a, a blessing over her. Give her encouragement, Lord. I pray for financial provision. I pray for doors of opportunity to be opened, um, for a, a miracle. I, n- I know that she's traveling right now. As as she goes back, Lord, let something be different. Let there be uh, something that was locked. Let it be open. Lord, I pray for the listener today that she that her heart is stirred, just stirred towards this issue. Uh, maybe it starts with, <clears throat> maybe it starts with. Uh, screens and and the screens that she allows in her home and what she lets her kids look at, or maybe she's a little bit more diligent about that. Maybe it's a really honest conversation with her husband, or their church leadership, or maybe maybe it's it's beginning to uh, support Deidre financially uh, to encourage her to to do what she can from from her from her perspective um lord i just pray for a uh, your holy spirit to move in a mighty way bring revival not just not just in our homes and in our churches but across the world lord we we know that you are good and and we just want to see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven and we just thank you for this time with deidre today in jesus name amen amen okay my friend thanks for being here
0: yeah thank you so much for having me
1: Well, there you go, friends. Thank you so much for checking out this episode. I I just finished editing it and I just have to tell you like- We've got to support Deidre. We've got to support that the work the work that she's doing. So I just got the site uh, launched, briandixon.com slash Berlin, com slash B-E-R-L-I-N. Go ahead and check it out. You can watch the full video of this episode, but also there's a link to support Deidre. And even if it's like 25 bucks, 50 bucks, just, just as a note of encouragement to say, I, I hear you. I see you. I love what you're doing. I think it would mean the world to her. Of course, if you want to consider a uh, more regular donation, that would be incredible as well. So Briandixon.com slash Berlin. Thanks so much for checking out this episode. This might be one you want to share. So please do that. Please help spread the word. And thanks again for listening.